Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. She's a repeat. I love having the repeat guests, kind of the updates of stuff that's going on. And uh, she rolled in this morning. It's like, what is time? What time is it? It's like almost 12 and you guys are already into the wine. I it's dig <laughs> almost noon. It's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and actually that fits in with our topic today because we're going to be talking about all of her most recent travels and talking about getting massage around the world because Nikki, uh, I guess we didn't introduce her, Nikki, who was here before, um, after you came back from where Southeast Asia was the last place you were before your yes. last, yes. And so she just came back from traveling again and she's had massage in 13 different countries. That's awesome. Which is so cool. <laughs> I dig it. I don't even get massage fucking here and I'm married to a therapist. How does that work? I stuck my elbow in his glutes last night. That was about as good as he gets. That counts. <laughs> that lasted for two seconds before a little one started to... Uh, Mommy! Yeah. Mommy! <laughs> All right, so why don't we introduce you again for anyone who didn't listen to your last episode, a little bit about yourself, what do you do, what type of practice you have? Hi, everybody. I'm Nikki. I am a registered massage therapist also here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I have a uh, women-only home practice in Parkdale, which is in, in the west end of the city. Super trendy neighborhood, I feel like. Yeah, it's up and coming. We've we yeah. got some condos coming up soon. Really? A bunch yeah. of condos in Parkdale? Yeah, King and Dufferin. I think they're getting two oh, wow. big condos coming up. Are you happy about that or not happy about that? Um, Part of me feels like, oh no, we're going to lose all the charm of, yeah. of the small town neighborhood. And part of me is like new clients <laughs> potential business it's the so business trippy, woman like, in once, yeah. they start, once they start putting up some huge high rises the whole place just becomes one big shadow it's like when we were at young and eglinton this is before they put up like a ton of like massive there's at least condos. four new condos since we lived there we've and only been gone six years the whole place now is just like a constant shadow it's constantly yeah. dark there's no sun that comes through that neighborhood anymore and it's all a big wind tunnel yeah yeah i have friends who used to get sunshine in their living room and then condos went up across the street and, and now there's, there's no sign it's just yeah. dark oh it's, yeah it's it's pretty sad so it's kind of sad although we'll, i live we'll in a condo so yeah but it's different like we're not surrounded by like a billion high-rise yeah buildings all right so why don't we uh uh, start at the very beginning. <laughs> the very beginning. What's that? Uh, the very beginning is, why don't you tell us about your most recent travels? Where'd you go? Oh, so I, uh, two weeks ago, got back from a six-week trip in, uh, I went to Panama, Colombia, Ecuador, and the Galapagos Islands. Oh, right on. Yeah. So how do you, okay, so just so we give everyone a background, you work for how many months of the year and then you fuck off for how many months or <laughs> yeah. whatever the case is? Uh, yeah, I work around nine, ten months a year, four days a week. And then as Mark says, I fuck off for well, like... I like to take trips that are at least a month, six weeks, mm -hmm. and then I do little, little like weekend trips to the states a couple times a year. Oh, right. So, yeah, I take a good two, three months vacation every year. So, how do you decide where you're going to go? That's a good question. Um, I am trying to hit fifty countries by age fifty. Wow. So, um, I need to see two to three countries a year for until I turn 50 for the next little while. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say how long that is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I went to Asia last year because I'd never been to Asia. Um, so that was just kind of a, I've never been, let's check it out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have much interest in a lot of parts of Asia until I became a massage therapist. And then I thought, well, you know, Thailand is like 
massage mecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to go there and I took a Thai massage course at one of their schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was why I went to Asia. And then this time I'd never been to South America and I started taking Spanish lessons a few months ago. And I heard, I read that the Spanish is easier to understand in Colombia and Ecuador than a lot of the other Latin American countries. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Supposedly they speak really quickly in Mexico and they speak really quickly in perhaps mumble in Chile. They have a completely different accent in Argentina. Um, So it's different in every country that you go to. And I thought, well, if I'm already taking lessons, I'd like to get some practice. Mm -hmm. I'd like to speak it in a place where I have a fighting chance of understanding what they're saying. So um, I chose Colombia and Ecuador. And then I chose Panama because I wanted to do the north of Colombia. But their main airport is in Bogota, which is in the center of the country. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to fly to the center of the country and then backtrack and go north and then go south. Although I could have started in Ecuador and then worked my way north, but I didn't think of that at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So then I looked at a map and I thought, oh, well, Panama is connected to Colombia. I wonder if there's a way to get there by land Mm -hmm. and you can get there by boat. So I thought, okay, I'll start in Panama and then take a boat to Colombia. That was an adventure. Uh, I traded massages for rum on that tour. Stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love our profession yeah, for yeah. bartering. It's so portable. <laughs> How does that conversation even come out? Well, you just, I took a group tour through the San Blas Islands, which is an Arkansas an archipelago it's a collection of i think 365 islands off the coast of panama and you can take a boat tour through there that takes three days and you just basically island hop and spend each like a whole day and every night on a different island with the same group of 30 people and so you start chatting where are you from what do you do and then Mm. it comes out i'm a massage therapist and then people get excited and then at first it's no 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 i'm on vacation i'm not touching (laughs) anybody like i just finished the christmas slam you know like november december for canadian massage therapists at least or massage therapists in ontario those are the busiest months and i just like i landed in panama city on new year's eve so i was tired yeah (laughs) so you know, you tell people like, no, I'm on vacation. I'm not touching anybody. And then when we got to the islands, every, it was a bunch of young people like in their 20s and they had all brought booze and I didn't buy any. So I thought, OK, I'll give you like a mini <laughs> massage if you give me a drink. Nice. So I did that for the whole tour. I thought that was nice. Nice. Will massage for rum. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Any reservations of going to uh, South America? Hell Central America? yeah. Did you, so you're doing this by yourself. Yeah, I went alone. I do. I've done. Uh, I've visited including Canada, I think I'm at 23 countries, which sounds like a lot to some people. I don't think that's a lot. Mm. I have friends who have traveled to like 75 countries, oh, wow. but I think I've, I've done most of them alone. So I've done, I think maybe 13 countries alone. Mm-hmm. Do you experience the same level of apprehension now that you've traveled to so many places on your own? Do you still get as nervous or do you feel a little more confident now in your ability to figure stuff out in a country that you don't necessarily speak the language? Both. Both. Yeah. It depends on where I'm going. Like I feel perfectly comfortable pretty much anywhere in Europe. Now that I've been to Southeast Asia, that was, it was beyond safe. So Mm -hmm. I I would feel completely safe going back to anywhere near that region. Um, And then there are some countries that I really want to visit that I do feel uncomfortable going alone. Um, Mm -hmm. and Colombia was one of them. Colombia does not have the best reputation. Right. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Pablo Escobar. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Um, so that, yeah, they have a bad rap. They have, uh, you know, they're kind of famous for 
cocaine and drug wars and kidnapping yes. and mugging and um so i was nervous for sure yeah for sure are there any tips that people gave you before going to Colombia? like so for example you know were people telling you like you know don't carry don't wear any nice jewelry don't wear name brands like did anybody give you ideas of how you should sort of carry on in the streets of Colombia? yeah yeah my <laughs> My mom, who's never been there, she was like, oh, when I travel, you know, I don't wear my nice jewelry. I wear my costume jewelry. And I was like, first of all, I don't know what that is. I don't have nice jewelry to wear. <laughs> so I don't I know what costume jewelry. I think costume jewelry is like fake, cheap looking. I was like, I don't yeah. travel with jewelry. I don't right. like I'm a backpacker. So I'm a minimalist when I travel. So mm -hmm. I'm not like I need to bring my favorite six necklaces. It's right. not like that. <laughs> so I don't I don't bring jewelry when I travel. So that's not an issue. Um, yeah, I, I got I got tips. You know, I uh, have a friend who got his phone stolen in Colombia. So, you know, you get but it's a lot of it is just common sense. Like mm -hmm. don't keep anything in your back pocket. Right. Don't, you know, walk around with a thousand dollars in cash. Don't flaunt your stuff. Don't yep. if you get money out of an ATM, don't count it on the street in public <laughs> in plain view. Of Even in Toronto, by the way, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that anywhere. <laughs> don't uh, you know, don't walk around with a selfie stick and like a map and because <laughs> don't look like a tourist yeah basically i yeah. mean the backpack probably gives you away a little bit well yeah but, but... The, like that's brief right you get yeah. the backpack you bring it to wherever you're staying and then you leave it for the most part you're walking around and i luck out that i look like i could be from half of the countries in the mm, world i was gonna say because yeah you look sort of ambiguous in terms of where you're from exactly I, you pinpoint i actually don't remember although i think you told me <laughs> where your parents are from last time you were here. That's a, yeah, I don't but I don't you remember. remember. I am Egyptian, Norwegian, English, Irish, Scottish, and Dutch. Yeah. No <laughs> wonder. You look like you could be from anywhere. Exactly. So I'm half Egyptian. My dad was born and raised in Cairo. And my mom is this tiny, like, four foot ten blonde woman. Um, I so, did not picture that. Yeah. So I've got the skin tone that could it could match half the countries in the world. So I yeah, look yeah. like I could be from the Middle East which is where the skin tone comes from. I look like I could be from half of Europe, yep. um, you know, different parts of Africa, mm -hmm. all of Latin America. Yep. So everywhere I go, people will speak the local language to me because they assume I'm from there. So, and that helps. <laughs> that happens to him a lot, actually, because you're, he's a little ambiguous as well. And totally. We probably talked about that on the last one that I bet nobody you get really knows. A lot. I get Filipino so a lot. much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get Filipino a lot here. Whenever I'm anywhere else, I don't get Filipino. Nowhere else. Only I think that, um, it depends on your hair. We were talking about his hair before we started recording. When he's got a shaved head, I think people automatically think Filipino. When he's got the hair, depending on how tan you are, you've gotten mm. East Indian, you've gotten Spanish, you've gotten... Some Polynesian. Polynesian, something. yeah. You're, but you're mixed yeah. too, right? Yeah. I mixed my... Both my, my dad's... My dad's parents are, are Chinese. Um, and my mom's like really mixed up with some Chinese in there too, but they're from trinidad everyone's fucking mixed up like my uncle today sent me some pictures from carnival this morning and i was like yeah this could be my cousin <laughs> you know what i mean it was kind of weird looking at those pictures too <laughs> this could be my cousin <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i get that i get that a lot when when i'm at a spanish-speaking country and i don't travel like you do but so i'm at a resort somewhere in the dominican <laughs> and uh and then some dude comes up to me and starts speaking spanish and i feel really stupid about it because i just i don't 
I don't even try. I usually translate in his ear because I did take Spanish in my 20s. I'm not fluent anymore. And I keep saying I'm going to relearn. But I will like whisper in his ear what they're saying to him. Yes, you're the white girl translating. (laughs) Because I just look stupid. Like I'm just sitting there with a dumb look on my face. Like I don't understand what you're saying. And I know he's staring at me like, you know, you what are you stupid? Yeah. Stupid Spanish guy. I got to the point where I, I could ask for what I needed. Mm. But if when they responded in Spanish, it was like, whoa. Slow down there. Yeah. Despacito. Like I, <laughs> I need you to slow, slow that was way down. be my next question. Did you feel it was true? Like, did you feel that they spoke slowly enough for you? No. Or was it still just way too much? <laughs> no. Okay. If I met somebody, like I met a local and I told them, you know, I'm I'm learning Spanish, but you know, mi espanol no es bueno. They would slow down for me right. and help me out. But the general way that they talk, or if mm. they would turn and talk to each other, I'd be like, no, I, I no got idea. none of that. Yeah. No, it's it's hard. It's a challenging, it's a beautiful language and I can read it okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. But oh my gosh, when they speak, it's so fast and it's so, it sounds like it's all just one word. Yeah, it's... Um... I found it very easy to read and write as well. Like I picked that up very quickly. And speaking, I had a very close friend from Nicaragua when I was in university. So she would practice with me. And I realized now that she was talking to me like I was slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, look, I could have a conversation with her. No, I couldn't. <laughs> I can't do languages at all. Like my brain doesn't process language well. Like uh, it, Even today, I took, uh, you know, because in school you have to take French. And I dropped it as soon as I could in high school, which was, I think, after. After grade grade nine. nine. And if you don't say je m'appelle something, like I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> no clue. That's the only thing I understand. And that's horrible. But you know anatomy, that's all Greek and Latin. That's another yeah, language. But I can't, I mean, it's I don't know what my brain just doesn't do language. I don't as well. think he can cross reference that way. Like I don't think that he can take the word and then see a Latin word and put them together. Like I don't I don't think it works that way. I don't way. know if it's a memory thing. It's like is learning languages like a huge memory thing? Is it like you're memorizing shit or or are you learning concepts of like how to conjugate a verb? Like, I don't understand. It's a little bit of all of it. Yeah, you have to learn um, how to conjugate the verbs. Yeah, and yeah. it's like rules of grammar. Like I would never get in another language. Rules of grammar I get in English. But yeah, but that's to be language. expected. When you're first starting to speak a language, you're going to say the wrong word or you're going to conjugate a verb incorrectly or you're going to say words in the wrong order. But I think eventually after using it in context so long, that's why I know a lot of people say the best way to learn a language is to throw yourself in the middle of Colombia and just yeah. talk just to the go to Colombia and for just me I practice. would I would I would literally just sit and cry because I would have no <laughs> idea what's happening I'd be away for six weeks and I would be like I've I still have no idea what's going on I think you could yeah. surprise yourself um, so? if you were forced to like when like you said you're not a traveler when we go away we're on resorts where so many people speak English you're not forced to I was traveling with a friend once and we went to visit her family and at this point we were only like we were still in Canada we were in Montreal we went to visit her family and they only speak French or Italian. So she said to me, what would you prefer they speak to you, French or Italian? Those were my only options. (laughs) These are your choices. And I was like, do you speak Italian? So I don't. But at the time I sort of spoke Spanish, but my my mom is French. So there was a point in life where I was fairly decent in French as well. And I was like, well, let's see how this goes. And by the end of the week, there were certain sentences that because they're repeated so often, I knew what they were asking me. You know, when we'd get up, it was like, what do you want for breakfast and like I could understand in French or Italian Mm. you're forced to yeah 
So yeah, I spent a few days with people who only spoke French and Italian. Yeah. We're also spoiled though. People all over the world are learning English to accommodate us. So everywhere you go, everywhere I've been at least, somebody, people speak at least a little bit of English. I've met, you know, a handful of people. I've met some restaurant servers and plenty of massage therapists who didn't speak any English. But Mm. I mean, you use your hands a lot and Google Translate is super helpful. Does it translate very well? I've never it's, actually used it. It's so so. Um I've I've had people type things in themselves in Spanish in Google Translate and then it translates it to English for me and I look at them I'm like no comprendo. Like it just the English translation doesn't <laughs> yeah, quite work out. Still doesn't make sense. Or yeah. I've and vice versa I've typed something in and I'm trying to say something in Spanish and they look at me like that's probably not what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't think so, you want to buy my system. It's not great, but it's free. And, you know, you yep. can download languages offline. So you don't need internet connection to be able to mm. right, get by. But I downloaded an app because one of our students here that took a one-on-one training with me at Con Ed, she was learning... Hmm, I can't remember what language she was learning, but there was an app she told me to download. So I had told our oldest daughter that I downloaded this app because she was learning a little bit of French. So the other day she asked me how to, it was like a, a theme song of one of the TV shows she was watching. And she's like, can you tell me how to sing this in French? I'm like, No, I can't. <laughs> she's like, you have a French app. Just open it up and tell me how to sing Damn. this in French. <laughs> like, oh, is okay. it Duolingo? Yes. Yeah, yes, that's yes. What I use okay. that every day. So I took private Spanish lessons and like group Spanish lessons with two of my cousins and use the Duolingo app every day. And the app helped because I was way ahead of my cousins when it came to those lessons. And I still use the app every day. Although I lost my streak. They they like reward you if you use right. it every single day. And I got up to over 100 <laughs> days and I was so excited. And they, there's like a photo of like their... their um, mascot holding like a balloon that says 100 and you know it was all exciting and then i lost internet connection when i was in panama when i was on the islands and i lost my streak and started from scratch and i think today i'm at like day eight now (laughs) yeah i downloaded it when that student told me to i used it for two days and i haven't touched it since so i am not learning french right now (laughs) i feel like french would come back to me fairly quickly because i used to speak it when i was younger but it's been years like probably since I was 15, 16, that I've actually spoken French in sentences. Yeah. But I'd like to relearn. I can't do it. I tap out. You could. You could. I don't even think I want to. That's that's <laughs> the problem. You don't want to. I know you don't want to. Yeah. It's true. It's not even like I think I don't, I don't think want I to. Want like, to. I don't want to. Be honest. Yeah. That's the truth. So aside from uh, trading massages for rum. Yeah. I'm probably not allowed trip. to do that. <laughs> who won on that? Like, did, did you score because the rum was good or did they score because they got a massage? Like, who was the they, winner? You know what? There was one guy who bought me a drink. Like, it, it was, you know, somebody would have like rum and coke in their hand and they would give me a sip and I would give them like a little hand massage and then one of my tour guides bought me a drink which is like two dollars US like it's it's nothing mm. and I gave him like a 20 minute full body shiatsu massage Ooh. so that on I he got won. the short end of the stick yeah. on yeah, that he one won. but it was also he'd never had massage before and so I was like you have to experience massage so mm. you know and it was it was nice to just not completely lose my skills because mm-hmm. after I've traveled for a while and I've even had times where I go away for like four days and then I come back and I think I can't remember how to give a massage. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the whole traveling. I can't I can't do it. It freaks me out. 
like I'll give you an example. When we were in the Dominican, I was there for my buddy's wedding, and um, we 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 took a bus somewhere. I can't remember where the fuck we went to. Like I, sh- I can't remember where we we're buying we we're buying shit somewhere completely off the resort, and then we all jump back on the bus, and then we're just like, "Where's the bus is now leaving to go back to the resort?" And we're like, "Where's Ron?" Where the hell is Ron? How did you lose Ron? Ron's not on the bus. Ron's gone. Ron's gone. Ron doesn't <laughs> speak Spanish. And we left him there. It's, it's it's crazy, right? And 10 minutes later, we see this pickup truck ripping by us, honking its horn with Ron in the bed of the pickup truck waving. And I'm like, <laughs> how would you even, how did you even communicate that you need to be wherever you need to be? Like, I think I would have literally just sat on the floor and started to cry. You you learn to get resourceful. When yeah, you know, I was like, going to You learn how to be more resourceful. Things don't, don't go know, your yeah. way. Things don't run on time. Yeah. There's a lot of discomfort with travel that you have to get used to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, my New Year's resolution, well, one of my New Year's resolutions was not to get kidnapped so and that's a thing that's a good resolution that's a, yeah that's a big so thing. i did it at least so far it's still early yeah. but i didn't get kidnapped in colombia mm-hmm. and uh, kidnapping is not really a big deal there anymore um it's huge in trinidad it, holy really? shit oh yeah i remember my mother one one time called me up out of nowhere it was like many many moons ago and because she's always like looking at the, the murder rate in trinidad and she's like oh it's february and there's already been like 200 murders the year that, that we means? went to trinidad so and we kidnappings went are massive in, we went in what july june or july july and the year that we went, by the time we went, there had already been something like six or seven hundred murders. And your mother decided to tell me that before we're going to get on the plane. I'm like, yeah. oh, good. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the stat. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Wow. I felt the and same when I went too. to Baltimore, though. Their per capita murder rate yeah, is like yeah. 20 times what ours is. So I was pretty on edge when I went to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was nervous going to Columbia. But my other news resolution was to let go of expectations. Mm. And so that helps uh-huh. a lot and then yeah you're just forced to become resourceful and to just uh-huh. kind of let things go and be like okay this bus was supposed to come and it, it didn't arrive now i have to figure something out or this person doesn't speak any english all right let's work with it do you enjoy that challenge or you're, no you know, <laughs> stressful for you it's you know it makes for good stories and it's it's nice when you get there and you know i had a three hour delay on a flight to from um, Colombia to Ecuador Mm -hmm. and when I was landing in Ecuador my plan was to go to the bus station and take like a five-hour bus to a nearby town I already had my hostel booked and everything and then my flight was three hours late so I didn't even know if the buses were still going to be running and then I didn't look up until the day of I was like oh I'll just land at the airport go to the bus station it'll be close the bus station was an hour and a half away from the airport which I didn't realize until the day of I just google mapped it like where is this bus station oh my Gosh, it's 90 minutes away from the airport. So I ended up getting into town at like midnight when I was supposed to get there at like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Mm, that's um, But it worked. Yeah, and then you get there and it's midnight and I'm walking around with a backpack alone. Nobody's out in the streets. It's dark. It was a tiny little town. And I was just like, I just I just want to be in the bed. Like, I just want to check in. I hope somebody's working at the front desk because a lot of times hostels don't have 24 hour service. Mm-hmm. So you get there and you just you, you just, just cross pray. your fingers and like hope. So is, are these moments of fear or? like? Yeah, 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 yeah <sighs> for sure. These are all the stories that like I tell my mom after I get back and yeah. I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I had one hostel when I got to oh man, I took an overnight bus to Bogota, which is not the safest city. This is in Colombia. Yep. And I was on the bus, the bus had Wi Fi, and I was messaging with my friend who's been to Colombia three times. And he was like, Oh my gosh, you're going to Bogota? Everybody has guns. 
And I was like, okay, that's an exaggeration. He's like, no, no. Everybody has guns. Mm-hmm. Like civilians in the mall have guns. I yeah. was like, stop. he's like, I've never seen so many guns in my life. I'm like, stop it. So I was on. Go the to s- Florida, you'll see just as many. <laughs> yeah, guns. Exactly. yeah, stand your ground. <laughs> I was I was uh, on this overnight bus to Bogota. Um, the bus was freezing. They at 11 p.m. decided to blast some action movie with it was like an american movie with spanish overdubbing oh my god full volume i was sitting right next to the tv i was freezing it it was the most uncomfortable night sounds like torture yeah it was pretty awful and so i get to my i had already booked my hostel i get to my hostel at uh like seven in the morning so I, i had this fantastic cabbie who drove me to the hostel this guy was amazing he was like he didn't speak any english and he's like driving while speaking into the google translate app like trying to communicate with me and so he's like do you like coffee and i I said see me more like yeah i love coffee and then he pulls over rolls down the window and there there are women selling coffee on the street from Mm -hmm. thermoses they just walk around with thermoses and tiny plastic cups and he bought two cups of coffee and gave me one. Was it the best coffee you've ever had? It was pretty great. And then wait, it had sugar in it because everything in Colombia has sugar in it. Mm. And uh, and then he, but he's driving so erratically. And I was like, this is a hot beverage. <laughs> I'm in a cab. <laughs> so that was fun. And then he drove me to the hostel. And the hostel was like, it was like, an, I think it was like an apartment complex. There was no front desk. There was no concierge. There was no reception. There was, it wasn't a hotel at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, you're going to somebody's apartment and they have just the main doors that you have to buzz in. And so the cabbie took me there and he came out with me and like took my bag with me. And, you know, we're standing there at seven in the morning. I'm exhausted. I feel disgusting because I'm, you know, I was on this bus all night, mm-hmm. barely slept. And I'm nervous. Everybody has guns. <laughs> so I get to this place at seven in the morning and uh, I don't have, I think at that point, the data on my plan had run out so i didn't have any internet access mm-hmm. um i didn't have a phone number for this place because they didn't list it when i booked it on the booking website there was no phone number listed so i had no way of contacting these people and it was just a bunch of like apartment buzzer buttons and so we just started pushing all of the buttons until finally some guy on the top floor poked his head out and was like and i said you know i i spoke to him in spanish like yo tengo una reserva i have a reservation so he's like, okay, I'll come right down. It took him like 10 minutes to get down the stairs. I don't I don't know why. And he got down the stairs and... He was deciding which guns to bring with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's choosing. And he was trying to open the door from the inside and he couldn't. Like hmm. just something was going wrong. He couldn't open the door and he was mumbling something in Spanish. And my cabbie was looking at me and, you know, they're talking to each other in Spanish. And my cabbie looked at me and made like a drinky drinky, like alcohol oh. kind of hand motion. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's drunk. And I was like, uh, it was like eight in the morning. I'm like, oh, it's eight in the morning, this guy's mm-hmm. drunk. <laughs> so the guy couldn't open the door. He ended up sliding the key <laughs> under the door, onto the sidewalk. So the cabbie grabs the key, opens the door and there's this guy and he is can't stand up like shit face drunk like just stumbling swaying like all of it and i I like then i felt unsafe does he now does he run the place or was he just so he's just some random drunk guy in the the building and so i came and i told him i have a reservation and so he had no idea what i was talking about he was like uh okay so he (laughs) brings me in and my cabbie gave me his number and was like, you know, call me if you need anything. Okay. So I go inside. I'm not the most confident mm-hmm. in this guy. And he takes me to 
one of the apartments, which was like, it was clean enough. Like the bed was made and everything. And it was like this tiny apartment. It didn't look like the photos. And there's a six pack of beer on the counter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's clearly his beer. Um, so, and he doesn't speak any English. So we're trying to communicate with each other through Google Translate. Eventually I got the Wi-Fi passcode from the building mm-hmm. and I open my computer and I get on, I get on the, the like online chat with the booking website that I used to make the reservation. So I'm talking with them. I'm like, this guy's drunk. I need a new reservation in the same neighborhood, in the same price range mm-hmm. immediately. I need to leave. I don't feel safe. And this guy's like trying to talk to me. I don't understand what he's saying. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. He gets on the phone to somebody else who works there, finds somebody who speaks English. She lives in Miami. I get on the phone with this woman. She tells me, you know, check-ins at three. It's eight in the morning. I was like, oh my, oh my God. God, like what am I supposed to do for the next five hours? Mm-hmm. Like, or no, like seven hours. It was like seven hours early. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I get on the phone. So I'm like on the phone with the booking company, on the chat with the booking company, like near tears, like just so stressed out. And eventually I found a place that was down the street and I was like, just forget it. I'm just gonna book with that place and then I'm gonna demand a refund. And so I grabbed my stuff. I was in there for half an hour. And finally booked this place down the street, grabbed my stuff, packed it all up, booted it out of there. This guy's chasing me down the stairs. Like he was nice, but so drunk. And I was chasing you down the stairs. Yeah, but not in like an aggressive, violent way, just in like a no, come back. Like, do you like the room? I hope the room's okay. Like, we'll work it out. You know, just come back. Please stay here. And I was just like, no, I'm so uncomfortable. It's too early for alcohol. Can I ask (laughs) you a question, Mark? (laughs) Any chance that I ever had of getting you to travel somewhere is gone now? (laughs) It's not all like this. It's not all like this. No, so I ended up going to this this hostel down the street and they had like 24-hour reception and there was a woman oh, thank God. who worked there. There's a real person. Exactly. So Who's not drunk woman, at eight in the morning. Sober. <laughs> and then I get there and I, I said, I have a reservation. And they're looking at their list and I was like, no, 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 I'm not on the list. I literally made this reservation five minutes ago. I'm not going to be on your you know, on mm-hmm. your list. Like just, I have a reservation. And they said, okay, you know, check-ins at three. And I was like, uh, and I started crying. <laughs> and I just said, estoy cansada, which means I'm tired. So I started crying and I said, I'm tired. And then I typed into Google Translate, can I pay extra to get in early? And this wonderful, kind, sweet woman said, she typed into Google Translate as well. You don't have to pay. I'll get you another room. So she gave me this like temporary room. And then I went there and I called my brother and I bawled my eyes. Out. Oh my God. <laughs> but it ended up being like the most lovely apartment. Like I ended up staying there for four nights and it was huge and beautiful. And I got a refund on the old place and it all worked out. That was the most stressful moment I had of this trip. How far is that into your trip? Is this like at the no, beginning? No, the this middle? was near the end. This was okay, like a month okay. in. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. did, you did Panama first, Yeah, right? I did a week in Panama, three weeks in Colombia, and this right. was my last town in Colombia. And right, then I did and then two, you went to Ecuador. And then I went to Ecuador. I got it. So this okay. was, I'd been traveling for a month, mm-hmm. and nothing major had happened, so I was due. That's how I see really? it. Really? Something bad has to happen? <laughs> does something bad happen? Like every, well, every I mean, one of your not, trips? It's not really bad. Well, I, I mean, there are hiccups. There's always a hiccup. There's always a hiccup. There's always, yeah. Yeah. There's always a delay. Even when we go to like the resorts, there is always... Some, okay, so for example, my best friend... This is, this is not a hiccup compared to that. But. No, nothing. But I'm just saying there's always something. So my best friend got married at a resort in Mexico. And I mean like a big chain family-friendly resort. You would never have any reservations about going there because there's like a billion of them. Okay. 
So we show up at the resort and same thing, check-ins at three. We've got a toddler with us who hasn't slept. Like we had to wake her up at two o'clock in the morning to get to the airport for three in the morning. Like, and we get to this resort at 10 a.m. Check-ins not till three. She hasn't slept. So, you know, we just, we just go on to the resort, but then we finally get our room. And it was, if you remember that week, we had so many issues. They never restocked our toilet paper. They never brought towels. They, and so we'd have to call the front desk. Everybody else at the resort, we were there with like 80 people. Everybody had the most fantastic time. Every day for us, there was something. And I was like, you know what? Just you. There's always something. And we just happened to get all of the things. So, I don't remember that trip. But it makes you more <laughs> resilient. <laughs> it's a, I mean, well, we were on a resort, yet. so it doesn't compare at all. Because if I didn't have toilet paper, I could just go find one of my friends and get some toilet paper. Yeah. You you had to be super resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, you find your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, a, it, it is a little different when you're a woman and when you're traveling alone and when you're five feet tall. Like, it doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes it different. Yeah. It makes it a little bit harder for sure. But I'm not going to let it stop me from going anywhere. I think I'm too scared for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I don't know. I can't figure it out. Do it. Come with me. Take a trip with me and I'll just leave you alone like for brief periods of time. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be trying to find Wi-Fi to text you to yeah. come back. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Getting uncomfortable already. Just hearing about it. Well, like but I don't want to give about... Columbia a bad rap. It was it was great. It was lovely. Yeah. Well, like we talked about last time Nikki was here, you're just a creature of habit. You like the things you like and I don't think you necessarily like to move outside of that you don't have a desire to no, go to other places like when I'll show i admire him, yours i just don't have i'll show that. him pictures of you know different places that i would like to travel to and he's like i've seen the picture i'm good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think i need to smell the it's air it's not I think I'm good the same <laughs> it's not one day i i, I get it but it's, I, we're also spoiled too living in toronto it's the most diverse multicultural yeah, city yeah. in the world so it's like oh if i want authentic Ethiopian, I can get you that. You just can, yeah. yeah. For sure. I don't know. I can't do it. Maybe I'll try one day when I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> so you said to me you've had massage in 13 different countries. That's kind of how we introduced you. The massage with the chickens outside, is that still your favorite? That was a good one. That Good memory. Yeah, I had a massage at a farm in Thailand. That was pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's so hard to choose a favorite. They're so different. Let's that was a good one. That. And let's, I ha- let's talk about the different styles, like the different types of massages you've had. Yeah. Because so, I feel like that's so interesting. Like we we have so many rules. Like exactly. here in Ontario, it's rules on rules on rules. Mm-hmm. And even just going to get a massage on a resort in Mexico or Dominican, I realized how many rules we have. Yeah. Like I get on the table and my entire butt is exposed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you guys can do this and it's not weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely something that you know. So I've had massage in 13 countries, including Canada. So 12 outside of Canada. And uh it's different. It's definitely we are heavily regulated for those who don't know. We I mean, we have rules about draping, where you can put the sheet, what you have to say to people in the intake. Mm-hmm. We need now to get written consent for treatment to certain areas. Mm-hmm. Like it's we have to tell people undress to your level of comfort. Like you can't tell people what to wear. We have so many rules. And then as soon as you go to any other country, it's not like that. Most places I've been don't use sheets. They use um, either a bath towel or a blanket. Mm-hmm. Draping's not really a thing. They don't tuck anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. They just kind of just uncover. perch 
it more like though if you're you know if you're doing like a glute drape for instance you know we would like lift up the leg like pull it under the thigh tuck it under the front of the hip like pull it back with the towel they just kind of push it aside you know they'll bring this like (laughs) feather light fleece blanket and just you know lift it up like almost to your butt crack Mm -hmm. and just kind of leave it hovering there (laughs) and then they'll jostle your whole body around so you you don't like there's no security at all (laughs) um so yeah i've definitely had some some interesting experiences with draping so the most recent massage i got was two weeks ago in quito ecuador and i went to this spa and uh this is an interesting experience so (laughs) So I walked into the spa, I looked at their menu, they had this um, package deal that you could get. And it was what they called a Turkish bath and an hour long massage and tea. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. And I, so I said to them, I don't have my swimsuit. And they said, that's fine. I'm like, okay. So this woman spoke English and she um, took me to this room to get undressed and gave me like a bath towel and said, you know, get undressed and put this bath towel on. I was like, okay. And I'm thinking there's, you know, Turkish bath. I'm picturing like a hot tub or I don't know, a sauna or Mm -hmm. something. And I'm just going to sit in this towel and I don't Mm -hmm. know, hang out. So she took me to this. It was a plastic chair sitting inside. It was like a like a cylindrical tent surrounding the chair that was basically the size of the chair. And it had a big zipper and you undo the zipper and then you kind of crawl in and and sit in the chair mm-hmm. and then zip it back up. And it had this like very hot steam yep. machine with essential oils in it. And then she just left me in there and said, I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's <laughs> like, this is the Turkish bath. So I sat in there in this towel in like piping hot steam. Like it was, it was really hot. So she came to get me after 10 minutes. I was like, okay, this isn't what I expected, but my new year's resolution was to let go of expectations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. This is their quote, Turkish bath. And then she took me to the massage room, um, which was like a typical massage room. It had like a little fountain and soft music and dim lighting and all that. Um, and, you know, she told me to get on the table face down. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm totally naked, which I don't normally do. But when I'm in other countries, I do it because that's just what you do. So I got on the table face down. I'm not wearing anything. I've got this, you know, light blanket on top of me. And then the woman comes back and puts her hand on my back and says, your therapist will be Mateo. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> like, I am comfortable with male massage therapists, but a lot of people and a lot of women aren't comfortable with male massage therapists. And you, I have, all of this interaction has been with you. You took me to the Turkish bath. You brought me to the room. You told me to, you know, to get undressed, to get on the table. You, you gave me all the instructions. <laughs> like, I assumed you were going to be my massage therapist. So I'm naked. I'm face down on the table. Like, talk about power differential. And she's like, yeah, you're going to be with Mateo. And I was like, that's sneaky <laughs> but i was like okay i don't mind so mateo comes in gives me like the lowest back drape ever like must have been like two inches of my crack showing for sure just brings the blanket like all the way down and i was like whatever and i hate to say it but you know if it were a woman i really wouldn't care i'd be like whatever when in rome but because mm-hmm. it was a man i was like mm, you always question it like which is fair i mean it's I I know people get a little bit uppity about women who are not comfortable with male therapists, but anybody who's experienced any kind of like sexual harassment or anything, which is all women, which is all women, all women, then there is always some level of discomfort. I mean, even when Mark and I first met, I remember you and I having a discussion about 
can men and women be completely platonic, like a straight man and a straight woman, can they be completely platonic? Or is there at some point in the relationship, something some kind else, of some kind of tension, <laughs> yeah. right? And it was a really interesting discussion because I can see it both ways. Like maybe the woman feels completely platonic, but the man has some sort of feelings, even if those feelings go away. So I don't know, these things I feel like play into a woman's mind. And so I understand if a woman doesn't feel comfortable with a male therapist, because she can't totally relax, because somewhere in the back of her mind, she's thinking, are you looking at the four inches of crack you just exposed? Exactly. Like, I, I get it. I exactly. mean, I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm not uncomfortable with male doctors, male massage therapists, like I'll, I'll go see anyone. But I totally understand women who are like, nope, I only want to see a female therapist. Yeah, I built my career on that. Exactly. So hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was I got a massage in New York um, in Chinatown and New York is brutal for catcalling, like pretty much the worst city I've ever been to. And New York and Detroit are the worst mm -hmm. for me for catcalling. And I walked to the spa and it was like, like a 15 minute walk from where I was staying. And I got catcalled probably 20 times just on the walk. And then by the time I got there and they said to me, are you okay with a male therapist? At that point, and you're like, I'm like, done with men. I was <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm done with men. It's not, it's not the therapist's fault that I was catcalled 20 times on the way here. But I'm, I, yeah, I was done with men. I just didn't want to have anything to do with them by the time I got there. So no, yeah. I don't blame people who don't want to be treated not by men. I know it's harder for men in the massage therapy industry. Um, and I don't feel sorry for you guys. Is it really though? So many people say that and I've I've never experienced this. Well, there's clients for everyone. Like we just said, both of us are perfectly comfortable seeing a male therapist. Yeah. And so you can definitely tap into those clients who are totally fine with it, but there's going to be a certain population that only want to see females. That but does I mean, exist I mean, or this wouldn't be a discussion. I, it means to the point that I can't make a living. Like, yeah, over my well, years, I've living. had maybe six people be like, oh, you know, I'd rather have a female. Well, the people who can't make a living, it's the ones who complain. I know plenty oh, yeah. of successful male massage 100%. therapists, present company included. Yeah. Yeah. I know tons of successful male massage therapists and the one thing they all have in common is none of them complain about how hard it is to be a man in the massage yeah. therapy industry. So yeah. anyway, I have feelings about this. But so Mateo <laughs> pulls pulls the blanket down, exposes half my butt. I'm like, oh, whatever. And then he, when he went to do like the backstroke, he went all the way down my back and like over my entire butt and then back up. Like you that can't was see his, her hands, but like yeah, did you, you, did you like <laughs> they went your, over the butt. Like he cupped the cheeks. He, yeah, <laughs> totally. And I was like huh yeah that's different and you know i'm thinking okay well, it's a different country and yeah. and you know that's a glute massage it's just not the way i would do it it's not the way i was taught but again coming from ontario like we're so regulated exactly it's so hard to say like what is what other countries would consider like inappropriate or not because we are like over the top when it comes to the totally. rules and totally regulations and everybody's afraid of being accused of sexual assault in some way so we don't you know we don't even get the full glutes i think i think most yeah. therapists like don't even go the full length of the muscle because For they're sure afraid not. to get too close to things yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know. and they'll even like determine what hand contact they'll have because i'm in the gluteal region yeah i won't do this or i won't do that yeah. i won't use my finger no, he got all up in there so he, he was he was <laughs> all right he was all up in that job, so, Mateo. So, so then he finishes and the, like the massage was lovely he was a very skilled therapist he was lovely so he i'm face up he finishes the massage it's wonderful and it's like his last stroke and he goes nikki would you like another 30 minutes? 
And I was like, whoa, that's an extreme sales tactic. (laughs) Like I just finished the hour long massage. He's trying to upsell me on the table. And I was like, of course I want 30 more minutes, Mateo. I'm in heaven. (laughs) So so I was like, yeah, I want 30 more. I mean, I would have agreed to it had they offered me 90 minutes in the beginning, but it wasn't an option on the menu. (laughs) So he offers me another 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, that's you sneaky bastard. I was like, yes, yes, Mateo. (laughs) 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 Mas minutos. That so, one's going straight to Mateo's pocket. Yeah. So minutes. he, uh, and I asked him how much it cost and he told me, I was like, it doesn't even matter. So he asked me, you know, like, what do you want me to work on? And I was face up and I didn't want to go face down again. So I was like, okay, you know, with the feet and the neck, he's like, okay. So he does another 30 minutes, finishes that. And then he goes, Nikki, would you like another 30 minutes? Oh and my I was like, God. Mateo, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I said, no. At that point I was like, no, be strong. And I said, no. So then he left. I got dressed. I came out. It was time for my tea. So (laughs) I go out to the reception area, his dog's there, his dog was adorable, and I'm drinking this tea, and then, so like, other than the butt stuff, the massage was pretty normal, (laughs) and again, I was like, you know, I'm in a different country, it's just, it's, I don't think, I don't think he's a pervert or anything, it's just, just different here. Right. And if you can't tell, you'll never fucking know. You you can't tell. you can't tell. We've had two Lomi Lomi practitioners on, and if you were to watch somebody getting a Lomi Lomi treatment, it looks like very sensual, like... Like the entire body is pretty much exposed. There's no real draping. Like maybe the person's like crack is covered. That's it. And they're, they're just touching everywhere. And it's not, it's, it's not sexual. It's just the way the, the massage treatment goes. Exactly. So I, at this point I'm thinking, you know, it's fine. So I go out to have my tea and he's making conversation with me. He's, he spoke pretty good English and he said, do you play sports? And I said, no, I, I don't play any like organized sports, but I work out a lot why do you ask? And he does this hourglass motion with his hands and says, <laughs> you have a nice figure. And I was like, oh, Mateo. <laughs> like, are you, you hitting on me so now? <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, maybe he's just making conversation. Like, maybe, may, you know, maybe he meant to say, like, you're muscular or I don't know. But at that point, I was like, oh, it's kind of awkward. And then he started asking me, you know, tienes un esposo? Like, do you, do you, do you have, a, have spouse, a husband? Yeah. Do you have children? And again, I'm like, maybe he's just making conversation. And then it was, do you have Instagram? Can we exchange numbers? Like, you, we can talk. You can practice your Spanish. And I was like, no, I have an app. I have this Duolingo. <laughs> I'm like, showed him the app on my phone. I have an app for that, Mateo. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to practice Spanish. I have an app. And then I was like, the sun's setting. I should go before it gets dark. So I left. Did that ruin the experience for you at all? Um, No, it didn't ruin it because it was still a great massage. But mm-hmm. it just, it like pushed it over the edge. And it just yeah. reminded me like, oh, we're not in Ontario anymore. Like, you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. do that. No, there would you never do that. there would never be any kind of tolerance for a male therapist therapist saying to their female client, "You have a beautiful figure. You have a nice figure." With like no with way the hourglass yeah. movement no of way. the hand. Yeah. So th- at that point, I was like, "That's so old school." I'm going to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, see how your wife is happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just in general. So hashtag not all men, but <laughs> uh, no, it didn't ruin the. It, again, I still don't know. Like he he could have 
had the best of intentions and was just making conversation and that's just how they roll mm-hmm. down there. Like, what they're do I ju- know? Maybe they're just friendlier there. What do I know? And it's perfectly acceptable to give a female a compliment without having ulterior motives. But when you come from a society of catcalling, you assume yeah. anybody that makes any comment on your body, it's going somewhere. Yeah, well, and also as massage therapists, when it's drilled into us, like... Don't you, comment on the body. Don't comment on the body, but also you can't have any kind of sexual relationship with your yep. patient. Yeah. That's sexual abuse. And then he goes somewhere else. I'm like, they don't have any of these rules. They don't have draping rules. Right. They don't have like most places that you go. You don't they don't know your name. You don't know their name. There's no intake. There's no form to fill out. They don't. I've had one massage in a foreign country, including the States, where they ask me about injuries. I had one massage in northern Colombia where she looked at me and she touched her arm and she said fracturas like fracture. As in, like, have you broken anything? I was like, oh my gosh, you're the only person who's mm. ever asked me that in another country. So it's it's very, very different. I think massage in many countries then is looked at more in like the wellness realm, more, you know, relaxation. It's it's a luxury. Not really, yeah, it's not really looked at for rehabilitative purposes. Yeah. And when they have less training too, even if you look at the States, like mm. a lot of the training is like 600 hours, hours. Yeah, it's 500 a lot less, hours. Yeah. Like they don't. And then you look at the message boards. You know, can yeah. we tr- can we treat somebody who's pregnant? Can we treat somebody who has cancer? Like, I've been told that you know there are a lot of them think that foot massage is going to induce labor, and you know, uh, giving giving massage to a cancer patient is going to spread the cancer, like as if it's contagious or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and clients really believe that. I treat a lot of prenatal clients, and I think the first treatment ends up being education for most of it because they're like, "Oh, I heard that um, I can't have massage. I can't have massage in the first trimester. Oh, please don't touch my feet. I don't want to go into labor." I'm like you're that you walk every day. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you walk go every day. People, like they'd be dropping babies left, right, and center just from walking. Also, yeah. if we could induce labor with a foot massage, we be rolling in money right. like we wouldn't need pitocin <laughs> just call in the massage therapist she'll press the right spots yeah actually i had a, a friend who just had a c-section two weeks ago and um they were keeping this was their second child and they were keeping the sex of the baby a surprise and so like the night before she was going for her c-section she's like you're the only person who hasn't given me a guess if it's a boy or a girl and it's because i really don't know i'm like i'm i would just be throwing out a word here and i said fine I'm going to put some science behind it if we believe um, what traditional Chinese medicine says. And I had her, I said, get your husband. And I was telling her specific acupressure points on the right side and the left side of the body. And I was like, what was more tender, right or left? And then I gave her another one. What was more tender, right or left? And on each one, she told me um, the left side. And I was like, okay, my guess is boy. What? Talk to you tomorrow. Wait, this was on her partner? So this was, her partner was doing it on her. Oh, okay. And uh, anyway, so, but when I first told her, I told her um, a spot on the ankle and she goes, is this going to catapult me into labor? I'm not going to do it if it's going to put me into labor. And I said, no, it's not going to put you into labor. Like you can touch your ankle. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, yeah, the lack of education is, it's pretty appalling. We're really lucky here. We are really lucky here. And I mean, I think that's why some therapists get very, um, I don't know if offended's the right word, but there's always this like feeling of needing to prove themselves. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of therapists online who are like, we want to be looked at as medical. We want to be taken more seriously. And I guess because the level of education that the therapists have here seems to be so much higher than a lot of other places in the world, they like feel this need to show that superiority. 
I think I'm so different there though. I'm like, my clients know what I do and they're happy with what I do. I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> you don't you get a lot to, of things. If you, I know. I feel <laughs> yeah. Travel, I don't get yeah. it. If you want it to be more, then this is not the field for you. That's it. Like if you want to be a physio and you want to be looked at in a certain way, go be a physio, right? You want to you be a medical doctor, go be a medical doctor. Don't be a massage therapist and complain about, you know, where you sit in the the fucking ladder of medical. That's a good point. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, compared to the rest of the massage therapists in the world, we're highly trained. Exactly. Compared to the rest of the healthcare practitioners in Ontario, two years ain't nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the way I think we need to look at it a little bit more. I think that massage therapists do gain a lot of respect. Um, I said this on another podcast and it wasn't meant to be offensive. It was actually like quite the opposite. I think the best thing that we get from millennials is that they care so much about health and wellness. Like they do. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's good for us. It's become such a like a yeah, hashtag like, self-care trendy <laughs> thing, right? Like self-care is like really top priority for the younger generation that's like coming up. So massage therapists are gaining a lot of respect that way because millenni- millennials don't look at us as a luxury. It's part of what they do to take care of themselves and take care of their bodies. All of my young clients, they don't view it as like, oh, I'm going to get a relaxation massage. It's this is what I have to do. And they'll come to me and say like, oh, I've been feeling this or that or whatever. You know, can you check it out? Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on with my shoulder. Like they put a lot of faith in me and I'm I'm happy. I don't think I need to be looked at as a medical doctor because yeah. I'm not. I also, I don't care if people, if they look at it as, you know, it's my birthday, I'm treating myself. Exactly. This is a luxury. Or you, I only do this once a year. I, I don't care why you come care. to me. Yeah, just come to me. I'm exactly. not. I'm not. Like, I'm not going to tell you you're here for the wrong reasons. You should be here because you're injured and this is healthcare. No, it feels good. Yeah. It's relaxing. Also, this whole like division between relaxation and therapeutic massage, like relaxation is therapeutic. It is therapeutic. As as uh, Ian Cam, who you had on, mm-hmm. he was my business teacher. He said, I think somebody told him this, and I will never forget this. Nobody ever died of a sprained ankle. People die from stress related exactly. diseases every single day. So don't discount the relaxation aspect of therapeutic massage. And I'll even tell people that they come in with like a shoulder injury. I'll say, look, I'll I'll dig in there and I'll I'll work on your shoulder girdle and your you know all all the muscles that are attached there and i'm going to finish off with some relaxation because that will help you feel less pain well and again if we're we're focused on let's talk pain science then (laughs) mark hates when we talk pain science but i don't i'm joking but i mean like you said people people get sick all the time people are suffering because of stress and relaxation is healthcare and it is treatment. And um, even when we had the past executive director of the RMTAO on, he said, massage therapists, it's all in the way that you speak. If you look at a relaxation treatment as a throwaway treatment, then that's the way that people are going to look at it. But if you take it seriously, someone comes in who's suffering from any kind of major stress or anxiety or not even major, just I had a rough day and you look at it as a treatment and I'm going to help you and you're going to leave here better than when you came in, then you did your job. Exactly. I had somebody come to me. She has chronic pain, fibromyalgia. And she came to me and I just gave her a full body relaxation massage. And at the end of it, she said, this is the first time I haven't been in pain in a month. Wow. How is that not therapeutic? It is. It absolutely is. And I think massage therapists (laughs) would be much happier if they were okay with the fact that our role sometimes is the person to help people's nervous systems calm the fuck down and relax it doesn't always have to be like, how are you moving? And I, yes, that's a part of it. And I mean, I treat that way and I do postural assessments and I do orthopedic tests and I do uh, like I do all of that. But sometimes somebody just needs somebody who's going to listen to them and like, OK, let's 
Let's and calm just you down. Them. Let's bring you back down. Yeah. yeah. Most people are touch starved. Yeah. So that, you know, you go to your doctor, they don't touch you half the time. Or if they Most do, of the time. if they do, it's with, you know, yeah. gloves and a, what's that thing? Speculum? That, yeah, that thing. My doctor doesn't even look at me, man. He sits behind his desk and I talk with to him laptop. and he's, he's down facing, typing facing his screen typing. Yeah. And then he'll write me a script for something. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only contact. I think That's people the only have the most intimate relationship with, if they have some kind of like psychotherapist or psychiatrist, you'll have an intimate relationship with them, but they don't touch you. Right. We're the only ones who for an hour plus, you know, regularly once mm-hmm. a month will touch you. Yep. We're the only ones. That's special. That's pretty freaking important therapists if you're listening you're very (laughs) important people yeah you don't need anybody else to tell you that you should just know that and you can trade it for rum (laughs) exactly exactly i actually have a a acquaintance who's a photographer we met at a mom group she's got twins who are the same age as my youngest and she recently messaged me and she's like let's talk about a trade do you guys need new headshots (laughs) yeah we could use some new headshots okay cool let's do a trade I love being a massage therapist because everybody wants a massage. Exactly. Everybody wants a massage and most people pay with benefits. So that's why I got into this industry. Everybody asks, like, why'd you get into the industry? Is it because you want to help people? I'm like, hell no. Job security. <laughs> job security. The helping part's nice, too. We attended a, a talk. A lot of people don't think of it as job security. No. And that's oh, my gosh. That's say. the number one. Because I came from the music industry. Yeah. It was like so insecure. Right. Layoffs. Yeah. Every single year that mm-hmm. I was at the record label. And I thought, I just, I want something. I want initials after my name that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want a piece of paper that says that I'm qualified to do this thing that most people aren't. And an estimated 75 to 85% of people, re- massage recipients in Ontario, pay with benefits. So mm-hmm. I've got this skill that everybody wants that most people don't have to pay for. Yep. It's a no-brainer. It is totally. a no-brainer. And I'm a woman. That helps immensely. Yep. Totally. We attended a talk actually, and there was a bunch of therapists um, listening to this presentation. And the presentation was about, I don't remember what the word was, but basically the future of massage therapy and how it wasn't looking very bright. And I was like, I disagree with all of this. What? Like, yeah. I just, I feel like there's always going to be a need for us. And it was because they were saying, oh, it's because people don't view us. It's what I was just talking about. People don't view us as medical. And I was like, I'm sorry, but there's always going to be a need for, like you said, somebody who will actually put their hands on you mm-hmm. and help with the real problems that you have, not somebody who's going to sit behind a laptop, listen to you talk, write, Give out, you a, prescription. Uh, write a prescription and send you on your way and we're never going to be replaced by machines they have massage chairs massage table massage machine the thumper thing like no it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same we'll never be replaced i love this job yeah and i get to work four days a week nine months a year and travel the world come on who else gets to do that like actually nobody (laughs) right Mm -hmm. it's i love this job i love it i like when you come in here because yeah you don't have a lot to complain about you like oh i have plenty to complain about that's a whole other episode i (laughs) I pitched it to mark i was like mark i have an episode idea it's called unpopular opinion <laughs> it's i want to put it as an aside in my email about ian Kim. i want to hear the i want to hear the unpopular opinions as well okay opinions i, re- I, <laughs> I wanted to talk more about massage around the world oh, we'll you get guys there. are more interested in my controversial opinions well i definitely want to hear some of them i want to hear about massage around the world 100 but if you have opinions on things this is the perfect forum this to, is the place to get it out okay, you got, i apologize in advance for the hate mail <laughs> uh We're used okay to it. unpopular <laughs> opinion number one i like hst i like charging you're it. not the only one i like remitting it mm-hmm. hst is a good thing why because i get more money if you do it properly so you get H- more money hst <laughs> is good for people in certain scenarios for you as a home-based business 
I, I understand exactly. why exactly. it works for you. I did some calculations after we did that episode about HST. For certain people, it's not. It's, it. not, it's not. It's not worth it. It's not a difficult thing to do, 100%. But for certain people, it's not worth it. Me personally, I would love to get rid of it only because <laughs> I... I sort of need all of the money I make when it comes to the massage side. Like I'm not putting a certain amount of, like I bring the money in and I need that money, but that's because I'm only working part-time. So for somebody like me, HST is kind of a pain in the ass. Okay, so let's call it what it is. Massage therapist, it's not that you don't like charging HST because other healthcare is HST exempt. That's not That's it. not the reason it's at all. You don't, you don't, do don't want to do the fucking don't accounting. Do that's yeah. all there is to yes. it, right? Don't give me this bullshit how it's an extra cost to your patients and clients. Not to the oh, 80, that, not that to what the, people say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they say, they say it's a barrier to health exactly. Yeah, because you know they have to pay an extra thirteen dollars. Okay. No, First of all, eighty-five percent of people pay with true benefits, benefits yeah. and they don't pay exactly. Yeah, they're not paying it. So for the fifteen percent of people who had to pay the extra thirteen dollars, you don't want to do it on your taxes. Them from getting a massage. No, not at all. That's two, three nobody, lattes. Nobody has ever said to me like. Can we just not pay the tax on? Like nobody yeah. has ever had an issue with paying HST. Exactly, but th- those those are the arguments that you'll hear from massage therapists against H- against HST. Right? Yeah, that's the we're, cover we're the up for the ones, real argument. For the real argument, which, which is, is I don't want to do my taxes. I don't want to have to fucking. I don't. Ass. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to figure it out. Well, hire an accountant. HST is not hard though. The numbers are like when you get the the forms to actually remit it. Like if you've done your taxes. The line numbers are, it's literally <laughs> copying. Like, it's so simple. Um, my issue is never with it's, I don't want to do it or whatever. Like I said, it's, to me, it's just an extra step that I don't need because it doesn't benefit me. I see how it benefits certain people. 100%. If you work from home, it's if a you work huge from home, it's yeah. You know, whether you're using the quick method or not, like, this is ways that you can keep more money in your pocket, right? Yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do your taxes, like, spend, do the quick if method. you don't want to spend two yeah. days counting your receipts, like I do, because I write off everything. Uh, yeah, then do the quick method. Either way, you, like you charge thirteen percent HST, you get to keep some of that as a self-employed person. And which most massage therapists are self-employed. If you're an independent contractor, you're technically self-employed. Mm-hmm. My advice, though, if you pay commercial rent, don't do the quick method. You are selling yourself short. I've never done the quick method. I I always because I I, I don't do every, the quick. I work method. from home and I write off everything. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big fan of HST, and my biggest concern with getting rid of HST is people aren't going to raise their rates accordingly. So let's say the average is $100 an hour. And then after HST, it's $113. If HST goes away, I don't think all massage therapists in Ontario are going to suddenly start charging $113 all in, no tax. No, I think people are still going to charge $100. And then the Mm. rest of us are going to be sitting here going, well, now I'm making less money. So I have to be the jerk who raises my rates and nobody else will. Yeah. And again, for, for somebody like yourself, that would definitely hurt. For somebody like me, as I said, when I do the calculations, if I leave my rates where they are at $100 an hour, 13% of that was HST. Now that's just a hundred dollars. And when the Wait, stuff you that do I'm hundred after I'm a, HST, I'm a hundred even. Yeah, after HST. So that's included. Yeah. HST you need to raise included. your rates. You're undercharging. You're more experienced than I am, and I charge more. No, I charge a hundred after HST, mm. and I don't see any reason why anybody in Ontario should be charging less than a hundred dollars pre. It also depends on your neighborhood. Like, I mean, I could raise my rates if I wanted to raise my rates. I'm sure people wouldn't do leave. But for rates. example, like most clinics in this neighborhood are like ninety ninety five. And and on top of that, massage therapy isn't where we make our money. It's this podcast. That's all it's part people of People listening it's, to me. It's, you know, it's it's yeah, everything else. The it's, treatment isn't where we make our money. Which again, when I look at the income that. That I bring in from massage because it's such a small fraction. I feel like okay, the HST being gone. 
I look at I, when I calculated it with the write offs I have, because you can still I'm still writing off the full amount of everything that I buy. It's not like I'm writing things off minus that HST. Like the HST is still in there, and yeah, I wouldn't change my rates. I understand you get that, like twenty percent of it. Or but whatever. the write offs that I have compared to you with yeah. a home based business, yeah. yeah. My first year in in private business, I broke even. I had so many expenses. Wow, because I work from home. That's true. So I got to write off everything: my mortgage interest, my mm-hmm. water bill, my heating, my internet, mm-hmm. my everything. Yeah. So for certain business setups the itcs definitely are a big benefit for you guys for certain people it's not but i agree with you guys in that it's it's not because we want to help our clients to get rid of it's not a barrier that is not a barrier (laughs) what i had said on the last podcast though and i hear this a lot from therapists is they it's again it's this it's their own feeling of their place in healthcare it's they feel like somehow inferior like why should i have to charge hst but the physio doesn't it makes me look like lesser then the nobody physio. knows nobody no, I no, have well, never knows, especially never in my life in. have I paid attention to whether my physio charges tax my exactly. RMT doesn't like I've never noticed I've never paid attention it has never occurred to me Agreed. even when I ha- had benefits and then lost benefits. I have never noticed whether or not people <laughs> charge HST. No, because people it's just, don't notice. The price is We're the price. Canadian. We just assume taxes on everything. Yeah. No, but I, not a single person is going. Well, my massage therapist charged me HST, and my physiotherapist didn't. Therefore, my physiotherapist is more exactly educated and more of a healthcare yeah. practitioner, and I respect them more because they didn't charge HST. Nobody knows the rules. Well, and especially like I said, <laughs> when you look at my prices, mine just says hundred dollars. The HSTs in there, but most clients yeah, do probably know? don't pay attention. It's no, just they know they're paying, they're paying me hundred bucks. bucks. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, I, I like that. That was that was a good one. What else? Yeah, you this, got? Uh, <laughs> unpopular opinion number two. Yeah. Men or dogs? Mm. Sorry. Hashtag not me. all men. I don't <laughs> use that hashtag. Double hashtag. But <laughs> uh, not all men. Not most men. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough men. Mm. So my practice is women only. I accept men that I know. And okay. men by referral. And you get hate from that, don't I you? I get hate. I get hate mostly from massage therapists. On occasion from men. I'll, I had one guy email me this big, long email where he basically begged me for a massage. And he was like, aren't you, like, aren't you being sexist? Aren't you just as bad as the men that you're trying to keep out of your house because you're accusing us of sexism and now you're the one being sexist and blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote back and I said, my practice is for women only. <laughs> and then I, I get uh, messages from people who are looking for a different kind of massage. Um, I get those all the time. It's just the nature of being a woman on the internet. Um, I was I got this whole barrage of love letter messages from a guy in Nigeria because my phone number is mm. on the internet. Like Because I have a home-based practice, my phone number, my email, my address, it's all on the internet. So um, I've been accused of discrimination, mostly by other massage therapists. Um, and I don't care. It's my safety comes first. Yep. I am a tiny woman and I live alone and I have a home-based practice and I don't allow men I don't know into my house on any occasion for any reason. Even if it's the plumber, mm-hmm. I'll make sure somebody's in the house with me when the plumber comes over. It's a safety it's thing. Not I don't even think that's an risk. unpopular opinion. I think there's a lot of female therapists who probably feel that and are afraid to fucking say, mm-hmm. I don't want to treat the sketchy looking dude. And you just have the balls to actually do it. So the the balls with no balls. I have the ovaries. <laughs> the massage therapists <laughs> that are giving you shit for this, are they, are they male or female? Both. 
Yeah. Yeah. I you get... know what really fucking surprises me about that and actually like irks Getting me a on. little bit? When we did that podcast with Clarence about hiring females only and Oh, I remember that. Well, in that podcast, some of the comments on that actually really bothered me because the whole point of it wasn't to say that clients don't have the right to choose a male or female therapist. A hundred percent you have the right to choose whomever you want to see. We were just saying this is some, sort of the only profession that we're you like, can discriminate in you advertising. Can say, yeah, I'm hiring only women. In no other profession can you do that. And the number of people who responded back to us with like, well, that's what my clients want, so that's what I'm going to hire. We're like, then hire females only. <laughs> but just don't post an ad saying female therapist only. That's all we were saying is that that's really just blatantly ignoring the law because mm -hmm. you feel that your clients would prefer a female. Well, so it's funny to me that- Exactly, no one's saying don't hire what yeah, you want to hire. Okay, hire but here's the want. thing though. Like I, because I remember that and I commented on, you put put a Facebook post and mm -hmm. I commented on that and I got into a <laughs> an interesting conversation with a, a fellow male RMT. Um, I get your argument. You can't discriminate in job postings. Mm -hmm. Why is it okay to do that in massage therapy? That's not allowed. I totally understand that argument. Mm -hmm. And the alternative is all of these massage therapy places who only want to hire women are going to post these nondescript, non-gendered job postings. And all these men are going to apply for jobs that they were never going to get hired for in the beginning. Mm -hmm. As a male massage therapist, you can tell me I'm not a male massage therapist. You are. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather know? Wouldn't you rather see the listing and go, that's not for me? You Even if it's like not legal wouldn't you rather be like i'm not I mean, gonna apply here they don't want let's, me let's be realistic i'm not heel towing it to your clinic with a resume in my hands right it's no effort for me to hit send on my computer so for me to fire off a resume to a place that probably had no intention of hiring me it doesn't really affect me at all it does it wasn't a waste of time it wasn't a waste of anything like if i'm job hunting guess what i'm looking at all of these a billion different job ads and i'm just send 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 10 minutes later if i applied to 50 fucking jobs right and whether i get calls for an interview or not oh well does that, does that make sense so it's, it's not like it's taking time with yeah me. It's not but like when an, i was it's not before like I'm i became all my a massage eggs therapist in a basket, like oh this clinic I, i'm just looking for a job when i was unemployed which is why i went into massage therapy because i was done with unemployment when mm -hmm. i was working in entertainment and struggling for jobs i would research the companies and i would tailor sure. my cover letter and i would do everything i could to get the interview yep. if they flat out said like we don't want you we're looking for somebody else. I'd be like, cool. Thank you for saving me the time. No, and I get that too. Like, I, I think it was more just the point of the whole podcast was like, it's just funny how in this industry, we just overlook that, right? It's because a lot of clients do prefer See, no, females it's one only. Thing, it's one but thing. that's why I'm surprised that so many people would give you backlash mm -hmm. for only accepting female clients, but it's okay to only hire female therapists. Make up your fucking minds, people. <laughs> like, really, make up your minds. It's well, okay to discriminate sometimes, but not other times? A lot of the Facebook groups are just filled with mother hens. Like, mm. just, it's just it's just people being like, you can't, it, like, they just can't wait to jump on you to say you can't do that. You're breaking the rules. You're, you know, yeah, I got, I got a lot of pushback. You know, on occasion, it's from prospective clients. Most of the time, though, I'll get a, a man who tries to book in with me and or a male sounding name. And I'll write back and I'll say, just, so you know, I only accept men by referral. How did you hear about me? And they'll write back and go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that. I totally understand. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you know what? I also work at a clinic downtown. Come see me here on Mondays. So it's not that I'm turning men away. It's not that you away. don't treat men. It's just not you can't come to my house. You yeah. can come to the clinic. I work elsewhere. You can come to the clinic. Also, I'm not even, I'm not the only massage therapist in Parkdale. I'm not the only massage therapist on my street. There is a well-established clinic around the corner for me. Like, 
there are dozens of massage therapists in the right. area. You guys have choices. But then I get messages from people going, I'll double your rate. I'll pay you whatever you want. And it's okay. Well, you're not looking for the kind of massage that I provide. Yeah. If you're that desperate, I really don't want you in my home. Yeah. It's weird. So that's my unpopular opinion. Men or dogs. Like not all of them, but enough of them. Mm. When as a woman, every man you interact with, client, therapist, plumber, date, mm. Any man you you interact with that you don't know, there's always that that fear of is is he a pervert or is he a threat? Ninety nine percent of the time he's neither, right? But there's that chance. And as a massage therapist, when I invite female identifying clients into my house, trans women included, and when I go for a massage with a perfect stranger and it's a woman, I don't. There's no doubt. I don't have that doubt. I don't have that fear in my mind. And I do when it's a man, and you can't blame me. It's some men are dangerous and mm-hmm. some men are looking for a different type of massage that we don't offer. And not all of them and definitely not most of them. And most men are lovely. I love men. I have two brothers. My dad is awesome. Like tons of uncles, like 15 male cousins. Like mm-hmm. I grew up around men. I love men. I was a tomboy. Like I'm dudes all the way. And I'm scared of men that mm-hmm. I don't know. So can you blame me? No. I don't blame you at all. I mean, even when we do the unprofessional hour, majority of the stories of the creepy things that happen are it's men. Men. Exactly. Exactly. So I just weeded out. I even had one guy message me on Instagram. He said, I really need a massage. I said, my practice is women only. He said, don't blame you. I was like, this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. And it. a lot of men would understand. This is nowhere near the same. But as you were saying, like you, any man you interact with, the plumber, you know, some a contractor that comes to your house, there's always like something in the back of your mind. Um, I take my kids to a lot of events and I'm always extra careful of how I speak to the fathers there. I don't want them ever to get this the wrong idea. That, yes. Yeah. Because even though they're there with their kid and they're married, it doesn't, I don't know. There's, there's this idea of men that I think exists with a lot of women because we've experienced it. This is not coming out of, out of thin air. So the way I speak to the other mothers at these these groups is very different than the way I speak yeah. to the fathers. You find another mother, there's instant rapport. Yeah. Right? I feel when I... I used to think when I first graduated and I was like, oh, it's so hard for male massage therapists. I'm going to actively like I'm going to go and seek out male massage therapists and I'm going to go and get massages from men and I'm going to make it easier for them because, you know, they've had a rough go and it's harder for them. And then once I started my own business, I was like, fuck that. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to support women. There's like an instant camaraderie with women. There's, you know, when a woman comes into my house, she knows I'm safe and I know She's safe. She's safe with me. I'm safe with her. There's just this understanding of like, I've got you. And then, you know, when a man comes that I don't know, there's this like, uh, why is he really here? Like, you just, you never know. Yeah. How do you feel about this? I get it. I, I, I don't think you're incorrect. Yeah. Dudes can be creepy. Yeah, they can be. And most of them are lovely. Yeah. And it's not their fault that other ones aren't. But there are enough non-lovely men out there that I just don't want to deal with it and I don't want to have to apologize for only treating women and I don't want to have to apologize for automatically getting more business because I'm a woman. Like the reason why female massage therapists are more in demand is because of all of the benefits that men get in all other avenues of life. This is the one industry where I get rewarded instead of punished for being a woman that isn't sexual. 
Modeling and pornography are the only other industries I can think of where women get paid more, which we don't even get paid more, uh, and are more in demand. And in massage therapy, women are more in demand. We don't get more money, but we get more clients, more requests typically. And I I won't apologize for that. This is, that don't come into my arguments. sandbox and then complain about how hard it is to be a man. I don't feel sorry for you. Mm. It is so much harder to be a woman 99.9% of the time. This is the one area of my life where I win. I get to use my gender to my benefit. I'm going to take it all the way to the bank. I'm not going to apologize for that it. That was something a lot of women actually posted on Clarence's podcast. Like, oh, you're whining because it's hard for you as a man. You know, it's hard. And so, but I, I didn't like that argument. I'm not going to lie. Even as a woman where I agree with you that in majority of it, it, pretty much in every other area of life, it is way harder to be a woman. But the reason I didn't like that argument is I was like, okay, so just because we have it hard everywhere, we're like, okay, we're going to discount the fact that this is discrimination towards men. I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't like that argument. I just didn't like the argument because it, it wasn't it wasn't even in relation to what Clarence was saying. Like Clarence wasn't complaining about how hard it is to be a man and how hard it is to be a man in this industry and have a job. Clarence was just saying, listen, hire who, whoever the fuck you want to hire, just at least abide by the law in your advertising. Yeah, you know, I get that's that. That's all he was saying. That was, I get yeah. And I understood that that was his argument. Yeah. This is the argument that I got yeah. into on the Facebook post with somebody who was like, it's so hard to be a man. And I was like, did you listen to the podcast? Exactly. And he's like, no, not yet. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. That's the hardest part. When people comment on some of the posts that Mark puts in groups, like I without, mean, I'm, without knowing. I'm I'm not the one responding most of the time, but I'm seeing all the comments, and I'll see some of the comments, and I'm like, this person you didn't clearly listen. didn't. Oh listen. yeah, like we did exactly. one. We did one about sex testing in sport. Oh. I remember this, that. I listened. Yeah, to with one. with uh, she had her PhD. I listen to you guys while like, I travel, <laughs> which I love. And then someone was ripping it in, in a in a kinesiology group, and she's like. I, I don't even want to listen to it. But I'm like, oh, it, yeah, her problem was with the title. She said, um, I don't identify with this title because it's it's not about. Se- and I said, no, but did you listen, listen to the podcast? To we are specifically talking biology here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about gender and gender, gender identification. We're talking about sex. And she's like, well, I don't identify with that. And I was like, but did you listen? And she said, no. And I will never listen to anything you guys publish. And I was like. Okay, cool. Like well, that to me, are. that was ridiculous. I'm like, uh, we're we're not we're not making up this term. If this is what the IOC does to test athletes at the Olympic level to determine are you male, are you female, and they call it sex testing, that's what it is. Like that's that's it, lady. People have all kinds of opinions yeah. on mm. articles they haven't read, podcasts they haven't listened to. That's mm. just the nature of the internet. Oh man, we lost a listener. God damn. It. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you, we didn't. You never <laughs> had her. You never no, had her. We never had her. Yeah. No, I remember because I listened to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you you guys cover some some interesting controversial topics that but yeah the people with the strongest opinions are the ones who are never going to listen to it mm. yeah so unpopular number three unpopular, unpopular opinion number three opinion. Uh, money's good mm. money's money good. is good i like money i like i oh i sometimes feel like i'm the only massage therapist who likes money i raise my rates every year mm-hmm. significantly uh, when you say significantly, is there a percentage you go by or is there a dollar amount you go by? No. I, or you just decide like this year I want to make 125. Like, Yeah. My first year, I, I when I opened my business two years ago, I was severely undercharging because I didn't know what I was doing. And because there was a well-established clinic around the corner for me that was direct competition. So I lowballed it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I charged $90 an hour. And then six weeks after opening my practice, I hired Rebecca Overson, mm-hmm. who you've had on this podcast, I think twice. Yep. Twice. Um, love her. Because she understands that it's okay to make money. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to make money. Yeah. It's not it's not just not bad. It's good. 
Uh, and there's I, no shame in saying that. No, and I hired her, and she changed my life, and I love her. And she's actually uh, hosting a retreat in Salt Lake City this spring. I'm hoping to go because I haven't met her in person. I mm. feel like like I just love oh, her so nice. much. So, um, yeah, if, if you guys aren't familiar, go check out the previous episodes with Rebecca Overson and check out her, her Facebook page, um, her group, The Art of Building a Successful Massage Practice. I love her. I love her. I tripled my business in two months with her. She's amazing. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just like raise your rates, girl. So after, you know, the first year I raised my rates like 10%, like significantly. And then I raised them again the following year. And I'm already planning to raise them another $10 next year. And Good for you. Um, I, and I don't want to apologize for it. And I don't want to have to explain it. And I love, love being in a female dominated industry. I love it. I'm proud of it. And... I think that holds us back. I think if this were a male-dominated industry, we'd be charging $150, $200 an hour, no problem. I think women are scared of money. They're scared of making money. They're apologetic. If you look at the message boards, it's all like, how do I raise my rates? How do I, my clients can't afford it. Like they make assumptions. This is what Rebecca calls climbing. with the assumptions. This, this is what Rebecca thing, calls climbing. Is this a massage your- therapist thing? I think it's both. Mm. I think part of it is healthcare because we take care of people. We're mm-hmm. so compassionate and empathetic. What is it that you guys call it? The healer syndrome? Starving healer. Yep. Starving healer. I think, I think part of it is healthcare, but chiropractors don't have this problem. They're no, rebooking their client. Like they got their patients coming in twice a week for six months for, mm-hmm. you know, God knows what kind of adjustments that they may or may not need. Mm -hmm. They're charging, I don't know how much they charge, $100 for a 15-minute appointment or whatever. Like, I don't know anything about chiropractic, but they're really good at rebooking. They're really good at charging chiropractors. Like, people know they make six figures and they're mostly men. And I think because we're healthcare practitioners, but mostly because we're women, Mm. we're scared of charging. I hate to say what we're worth because everybody's priceless. Like <laughs> the whole like charge what you're worth. Like I'm worth it. It's not about being worth it. It's like charge over a hundred dollars an hour and be worth it. Like mm-hmm. do a really good job. And I do. I think I, if you look at my website, there are 15 reasons on there why I'm better than everybody else. Like, and people are coming to you and you're fully booked. So yeah, I'm the, fully the booked argument like of nobody will come or they can't afford, they can't afford it. Me. Well, that's nonsense because there are, there's, there's going to be some people it. who won't, but they weren't your clientele anyway. They yeah. weren't the people that you want coming to your practice. Or I even anyway. have a colleague who is like, oh yeah, I routinely go like 20 minutes over time. I'm like, excuse me, 20 mm. minutes. First of all, that's really unprofessional. What if you're per- what, like, what if your patient yeah. somewhere to be respect their time you know respect their time too secondly you're leaving money on the table and then she was like well if we get rid of hst you know maybe we should raise our rates by just a little bit and i was like hold up why just a little bit i work this is a hard job i work hard like why can't we make why shouldn't we all be making six figures i don't see any reason why we can't make six figures are massage therapists too much of people pleasers is that what it is 100 yeah. percent. and again I, that's a woman thing mm. and i've never been one of the i've never been a people pleaser i've never been a uh, yes, woman. Uh, you know, like I've never, as my brother says, you're no shrinking violet. I've never, I've never <laughs> been a pushover. I've, and then I just, I entered this female dominated industry, and I just hear it left, right, and center. They can't afford it. I don't want to raise my rates. What if they don't it's, come see me? It's the I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be guilty. Like there's so much guilt around money. Yeah, and so for example, any female therapists who are listening who work in spas, the spas that are charging $150 an hour, they're paying you you're thirty. You're still fully fucking. You're still fully booked. Like people obviously don't have a problem. Paying 
paying $150 an hour yep. because they're doing it at the spas. So why the women that are self-employed or working in a smaller clinic saying, I'm going to stay at 90 because people aren't going to pay over $100. They obviously do. Yeah. I see it all the time and I, I see it mostly from women. I think I think a lot of women have money issues, money mindset issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that's holding the entire industry back. And if we can get over that hump, we, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. Like we can all, I'm constantly telling people, raise your rates. You need to raise your rates. You, I don't know what your rates are. You need to raise your rates, Mark. Like I'm just like, <laughs> if everybody raised their rates, then mine wouldn't be so exorbitant, you know? That's true. If everybody came up to the same level, then there wouldn't be. And I, I saw a post, well, Mark showed me in one of the Facebook groups, there's a clinic not far from here. And I think they charge 90 or 95, but there's another clinic in the same building that charges $65 for an hour massage. So that's just south of here. Like they're very close to me. And, um, the clinic owner that charges 90 or 95, she was saying like, what the fuck? What can we do about this? Do nothing. And we're like, fine. There's, like, there's nothing you can do. It's not the same competition. Exactly. You Those know? people yeah. are not going to somewhere else just because they're cheap. They're, you're, you're fine. Yeah. For you are. Yeah. She was kind of like yeah. stressed. Louis Vuitton isn't going, oh my gosh, H&M just released a new campaign. What are we going to do? Exactly. Exactly. Maybe you need to uh, take your social media and speak to all of these female RMTs and teach them the ways. No, I don't want that kind of back. They can go to Rebecca. <laughs> you guys, you want to raise your rates? You want to make more money? Go to Rebecca. Mm. I, I work four days a week, nine months a year. I make decent money. I travel mm. and I charge over $100 an hour nice. and I'm going to raise my rates every year. Mm -hmm. Our patients get raises. They get a cost yep. of living raise every year. Why shouldn't we do the same? Yeah, I'm with Just because I set my own rates? Yeah, I'm going to charge more. I do a good job. It's funny, actually, Mark reminds me every year in January, he's like, oh, time to put your prices up. And then so I send out the email to yeah. my clients at the beginning of the year. I mean, maybe I just need to start doing the like 10 bucks like you. I've been doing like $5 a year. It's, it's, I, I mean, need to go up higher. She's telling me I got to go up higher. But yeah, every year he reminds me in January. He's like, it's January. You got to raise your rates. I'm like, okay. Every and then November I'm an 1st, I make an announcement that on January 1st, I'm raising my rates. I raise my I, rates every year on February 15th. Somebody else told me, <laughs> you know, I was a Facebook group and this woman was like, me too. I raise my rates $2 every two years. And I was like, woman. I raised my rates like $25 in the past two years. What are you going on about? $1 a year? <laughs> that covers nothing. Anyway, yeah, money's good. That's my other unpopular opinion. Money's a good thing. I like money. I like, I like charging HST. I like reaping the benefits of that. And if it gets eliminated, I'm going to raise my rates. As you should. I mean, you want to stick with what you, you shouldn't be losing money if HST goes away. Exactly. I'm not going to take a pay cut just because we're not charging HST anymore. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You have any okay. other unpopular opinions? Probably. So many. Uh, <laughs> Although I don't think that money is good is an unpopular opinion. I think what you I said at the end is correct is that a lot of people, they feel guilt There's and guilt. shame around asking for money mm -hmm. because, oh, I'm helping people. Well, you can't help anybody if you can't afford to keep your business going. So yeah. money is not a bad thing. Also, like doctors and surgeons help people. You think they're exactly. apologizing for yeah. making multiple six figures? They help people. They literally save lives. You know, and I donate to charity. I give 600 bucks to charity the past month. Like if you're barely making ends meet, how much money are you giving away? Yeah. My dentist was not apologetic about charging me $1,500. Exactly. They help people. They're healthcare practitioners. Like why can't we do the same? Mm -hmm. I don't got it. Yeah. Hmm. Money. I love money. I want more of it. 
<laughs> I dig it. It's I good. It. it solves not. It solves a lot of problems. Yeah. I. I mean, I love the saying, "Money can't buy you happiness, but um, can buy you a lot of things that can make you happy." <laughs> Yeah, well, they've they've even done studies. Like, you need a certain base amount where if you're living below that level, say in Toronto, it's like whatever fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. If you're making below that level, then you're constantly stressed, and more money will bring you happiness. Beyond that, the difference between ten million and a hundred million is nominal. It's not. It's not really that big. But you do need a base amount of money. You need to be able to not. You need enough money to not stress about money. Exactly. If you can't, if you're not sure if you can afford to buy your kids shoes in the spring, then yeah, you you need to make more yeah. money. And I've had therapists tell me like I can't sleep at night because I know some of my patients need me and they can't afford to come see me. And I'm like, first of all, how do you know that they can't afford it? Secondly, people like, afford what they need to afford. Like they walk they in prioritize. there with their six dollars Starbucks latte that that's they drink weird. every single day. They that's can even, afford you. That's even yeah. just a weird comment. It's I'm like losing you, sleep. You Literally have to, losing. You sleep. have to check yourself as a therapist if you're relying on your patients needing you to validate what you do. You you got to work on yourself. And it's not just money. It's it's therapists working late hours, working off days, coming in when they're not supposed. Like just traveling to people's houses and undercharging like there's it's an epidemic in this industry of people bending over backwards to accommodate patients who they are making assumptions about financially yeah and And i will not participate in that no it's all assumptions every time we teach the business course here i have at least one or two people make the objection of because when i talk about raising the rates I have one or two people that always object and say, I'm going to lose a lot of my clients. I'm like, did you take a survey? Do you know that? Like, how do you know that? It's just You're fair. assuming that you're going yeah. to lose For everybody clients. out there who's scared of it, when I raised, I raised my rates from 90 to $99. That's significant. That's 10% in my first year. And uh, every single person I told said, congratulations, good for you, worth every penny. I didn't lose any of them. And I made 50% more money in my second year of business than I did in my first year of business. 50% more. I would cheers you, but we finished our work. Yeah, we finished our work. <laughs> <laughs> and I raised my rates again in my second year, and I'm going to raise my rates again in my third year. Awesome. With no apologies. We like money. We're on your side yeah. with the money. I'm into it. Money's good. We, we deserve good. it. Anything else? Or should we talk about massage again? <laughs> I want to hear from I know. Mark is. loves like... You want you want the controversy. I, oh, is there? Uh, do you have any more there unpopular must be. opinions? Like, I mean, this the whole like we've already talked about the sensitive area consent form, but I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, that no, I'm no. not in. No, I don't form. think so. What else? Unpopular. Um, specializing is a good thing. Niching is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We this agree whole, with you. This whole getting everybody and any you should be able to help everybody. That's garbage. I can't help everybody. I'm I'm a tiny human. I cannot help everybody. <laughs> I work very well with certain body types and not well at all with other body types. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I've I've focused my practice to draw in the kinds of people that I want to work with. And that helps. I, it actually does help. And it's hard for people to wrap their heads around this. If you are the person to go to, if, you know, for example, um, you, you have a female only practice. If I'm a woman that lives in Parkdale and I see that there's a RMT in my neighborhood that treats specifically women, mm-hmm. you are the person to go to. You're going to be getting more business because of niching down versus if you were trying to appeal to everybody. And if I you're do. just another RMT in Parkdale, there's billions of them. Yeah. No. Why would I come to you? Your rates are too high. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I charge over a hundred bucks an hour and I'm fully booked like a month out. There you go. Yeah, it's a good feeling. And uh, I owe it all to Rebecca Overson. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you've obviously put in the work. She, oh, hell yeah, yeah. She helped, but... It's very much when, if you do her training, it's very much you get out of it what you put into it. And I put so much into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hit the ground running when it came to my business. This is not, this isn't a hobby. Like, right. this is my career. This is my my lifeline like mm-hmm. this is what affords me the ability to travel as much as i do and, and that's what i want and all of these and get massages places. all over the world for anyone that didn't hear the last episode um can you quickly recall the massage on the farm because literally as you were talking <laughs> about it i was imagining the whole thing i'm like this sounds like heaven it was amazing i was in oh, sukhothai thailand which is a little town north of bangkok And I rented a bike and I was just riding my bike around and I saw this little sign on the side of the road that said massage. And I was like, done. So dropped my bike off, went to this place. It was a farm and it was, um, they had massage tables. Thai massage tables are very wide because Mm -hmm. the massage therapist will like hop up on the table and straddle you. So they're very wide. Um, and uh, it was all outdoors. So it had like a roof, but no walls. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, five or six tables there and nobody spoke English. And I just walked in and I said massage. And there was some guy napping on a massage table. And then there was this tiny elderly Thai woman. And uh, and she wrote down on a piece of paper how much it cost. And it was like the equivalent of $8 Canadian for an hour. <laughs> which that's the going rate in Thailand and I was like yeah absolutely I'm into it so she gave me this massage so I hopped up on the table the guy was napping next to me there was some <laughs> other guy sitting eating at a table there were dogs and chicken chickens walking under the table you could hear roosters crowing like you're outside it's hot you're on a farm and there are animals everywhere and she gave me she was tiny and must have been like 70 years old and she was a beast. She was so strong. And she hopped up on that table and gave me this incredible hour-long Thai massage. And it was the most magical, wonderful experience. And I was so in the moment, too. Were you fully clothed during this? Yes. Yeah. So I kept all my clothes on. You typically do for Thai massage. Yeah, Either you wear your own clothes or they give you clothes to wear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they give you clothes, which like Thai pants and a top that's kind of like scrub scrubs material. Right. Um. But there was no change room. There was no bathroom. There was no reception. There was no... It was so just, here it is. And um, and she gave me, gave me this massage and it was it was like spiritual. It was so magical. And at the end of it, I gave her... It was like a 400% tip or something. Like it was like $8 and I gave her, I think, the equivalent of $40. And she cried. And I was to me, I was like, $40, that's still less than half of what I would pay for an hour-long massage back home. Right. So to me, it's nothing. To her, that was probably like a full day's wage for her. And it just meant nothing to me. And she cried and she hugged me. And we never exchanged words because we didn't speak each other's languages. How can you not want to travel when you hear stories like that? Right? I don't like chickens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of the best massages like, I've had have been from people who didn't speak I go to Trinidad and I hear enough fucking roosters in the morning. I don't oh, need yeah. it I've all the time. I've had several massages from people who don't speak English and they're some of the best experiences I've ever had. Tell can, you you, can you name all 12 countries that 13? you've had massages? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, the 12 I've had in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Canada, US, South Africa, Germany. That was an interesting one. Germany. What, what, was it? what was interesting about it? Well, let me name the let, countries let and then I'll okay. tell you. Then we'll go back to Germany. Okay, so Germany. Don't forget. Did oh. I say South Africa? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Greece, mm-hmm. Portugal, 
Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia. We're at 10. Panama, Colombia, Ecuador. Mm. <laughs> That's, yeah. I try to get a massage. So this past trip, you got a massage in every country you visited. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, actually, my brother, uh, for Christmas, his Christmas present to me was a gift certificate for a massage in Panama City, and which was... Panama is actually quite expensive. They use the U.S. dollar and their prices mm-hmm. are pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was like a $90 U.S. massage. Like that's pricey. We like Canadian dollar is like another 35% added on to that. Yep. If my brother is listening, you yeah. step up. <laughs> and he bought me for Christmas. That was his Christmas present to me was a massage in Panama City. And when I, I had already booked where I was staying. And when I Google mapped it, I was like... Chris, you have to come see this. Like my brother, I'm like, Chris, come look at this. Look at the Google map. It was literally a two minute walk from my hostel. Amazing. I was like, you just bought me the greatest Christmas present so of all time. So they use US currency. Was the massage anything similar to what you'd get in the US or was it? Was it was a Thai massage and the woman was Thai from Thailand. Oh, okay. Oh no, okay. it wasn't a Thai massage. It was, a, it was a Swedish massage with like a Thai element. She was from Thailand. Very so cool. I can't say there wasn't like a panamanian style of massage that i had mm-hmm. um but i had a massaging one of the massages i had in colombia was like one of the best massages i've ever had in my life it was amazing what was so great about it yeah uh okay so so i she didn't speak any english and um there i had just checked in it was in santa marta uh colombia which is on on the coast and I had just checked in and they had a spa in the hotel where I was staying and they had some kind of special deal like today only, which I'm sure they offered that every single day. <laughs> um, and so I said, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to check in. I'll book, book a massage. And they said, OK, you need to they had a, they found somebody who spoke English to translate to me. You need to wear something that you're comfortable getting wet. And I was like, what is this about? Okay. I was like, okay. So I went upstairs, changed into my bikini, came downstairs. She had this table set up outside next to the pool, like the hotel pool. The people swimming in the pool and the tables outside. And it was so windy, like crazy windy. And I was like, I was looking at the table. I was like, here? (laughs) She's like, okay, we'll move it. We'll move it. I'm like, yes, please. So she moved it inside into this tiny room inside. And then there was a power out, like the whole town lost power. So the hotel had no power. Nobody had power. It was like maybe 5, 6 p.m. Like sun was setting. So she lit like a little tea light in this tiny room. And I was wearing my bikini. She brought me into the room. And it like she her hands were great. And she was just really skilled. And she was amazing. And then she did this like body scrub thing like exfoliant which honestly i was covered in mosquito bites Mm. it felt so good (laughs) when you're covered in mosquito bites and somebody is rubbing your legs and there's like grittiness and oh my gosh it was the best it was like it was like she was scratching all my mosquito bites it was the best feeling um and so i would lie face down and then she would undo my bikini top to get access to my back and then like do up the bikini top again when I, it was time to turn over. Mm-hmm. So there was no blanket. There was no sheet. There was no draping whatsoever. It was just me in a bikini on this table. And it was like 40 degrees. So you didn't need any kind of right. cushioning mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. So she's exfoliating me. And then so we finish. I'm in my bikini covered in this exfoliant. And there was a room next door that had like a shower head. And she's like, go in there and wash off. <laughs> okay. So that's what they meant by like, you have yeah, to be yeah. able to get wet. Right. So I went in and like rinsed off and like. It was just, and then by the end of it, it was pitch dark in the room, save for one tiny tea light. And like, I felt sorry for her because I'm like, there's no way she can see anything. Like, we couldn't see anything. We couldn't communicate with each other. Like, it was just, 
it was just so good and so lovely and such a unique experience. Like you're never going to get something like that here. Hmm. Somebody exfoliating you in your bikini and did you dark. do any of these types of things in school though? Did you guys do hydrotherapy stuff like? Yeah, in yeah, we had a whole hydrotherapy course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we did scrubs and wraps mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not yeah, all kinds of stuff. But then you don't really use it when you're out of school unless yeah. you have like the facility exactly. to do it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it was magical. Germany. Yes. Germany. You did. <laughs> yeah. So I was in Stralsund, which is a tiny, tiny town on the Baltic Sea in the very north of Germany. It's like a four hour train ride north of Berlin. Um, in January, which don't go there in January. That's a terrible time of year to go. There were <laughs> snowstorms. It was awful. Um beautiful quaint little town unesco world heritage site and i found this this place that offered massage and i went and this woman this big like large elderly german frau didn't speak any english um and so i booked the massage and i went in and she the only intake was she looked at me and she went and made this like motion with her hands to to signify like like, take off your clothes like no not shut shut up up. (laughs) no it was take off everything and then she handed me this little baggie that had a disposable thong in it i hope it was disposable she (laughs) (laughs) handed me a little baggie with a disposable thong and basically was like get completely naked put on this thong and i was like sure whatever it's germany so get naked put on this thong she tells me to get the table was uh, Semi reclined, mm-hmm. so th- obviously I was getting on it face up. Like there's no way I'm getting on that face down. So I get on it, I'm face up. There was a blanket, and I had it, you know, pulled up to my neck, and I'm just waiting for her to come in. And so she comes in the room, and she pulls the blanket. I'm just wearing this disposable thong, nothing else. She comes in the room, pulls the blanket all the way down to my hips. Mm. My breasts are completely exposed. There's, I don't know her name. She doesn't know my name. There's been no intake. There's been no discussion, no instructions other, other than, than get naked. <laughs> and she goes to town and she got this hot heated oil, like, and she lathers me up and she's in between my breasts, around my breast, like all over the breast tissue, sternum, stomach, mm-hmm. like, and I, it, for about 10 seconds, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then after that, I was like, eh. When in Germany. I was like, when in, it's Germany, she doesn't care. She's done this a million times. She doesn't, she's not judging my breast tissue. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, whatever. She doesn't care. I don't care. And then I just let go. So I've had massages all over the world. What I will say is, if you have any major injuries that you need to communicate to your therapist, that probably won't happen because most of the time you don't even exchange names. If you you have to check your modesty at the door. So if you have play any places of your body, basically aside from your genitals, that you are uncomfortable with being touched, I wish you the best of luck mm-hmm. <laughs> because chances are they're going to touch you everywhere mm-hmm. without consent and without explanation it's not ontario that's what i will say yeah what we do here is not what the rest of the world it's does It's very different and on the one hand i think yeah you know consent and informed consent it's so good and it's so important i'm so proud as canadians that that we do this mm-hmm. and sometimes i think oh we're such prudes they just let it all go. They get totally naked and they touch everything and nobody cares. Prudes. <laughs> We're prudes. Well, I get it. I got a massage in <laughs> Vietnam where I woke up in a room with five naked men. What? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I know, we've been talking for a long time. This will be my last story. Uh, <laughs> I was in Tam Cock, Vietnam, which is a tiny town kind of in the middle of the country. And uh, same thing, rented a bike, rode my bike, found this random place on the side of the road, was like, yeah, this looks legit, I'll go. It was like a little bungalow. Nobody was there. They had like two people who worked there. Um, or I guess they had, they had more than a few people, but I, I only saw two people. 
And um, the woman brought me into this room. The room had six tables, but it was empty. And so she brought me into the room and told me to get undressed. And I remember thinking, well, there are six tables in this room and no divisions, no curtains, no nothing, just six massage tables in a big room. And I thought, well, if I'm getting undressed, like what if they get another appointment? What's the protocol? Like, how do I, how do we do this? How do several people get undressed in the same room when there are no curtains? So, but I was like, whatever, it's just me. So she left the room, told me to get undressed. I got on the table face down underneath a towel while I was face down getting the massage. And it was lovely. And I was in that not asleep, but like zoned out kind of state. Mm-hmm. Um, I could hear the door opening and closing and people talking. But when you're in Asia, you get used to that. Like most of the massages are multiple tables in the same room and the therapist will talk to each other and one will walk in the room and open a drawer and get some stuff right. and like it's noisy and people talk and there are multiple people getting massages in the same room and you just, you get kind of used to it. And so I heard the door opening and closing and people kind of talking and I was like, whatever, I'm used to it. Um, but I didn't really know what was going on because I was face down and then she turned me over. So I'm just wearing my underwear and there's like a bath towel basically. And then she turns me over. And when I turn over and I open my eyes, all of the other tables are filled with men. <laughs> so every other massage table has a man on it. I don't know where the five men out of nowhere came. <laughs> they had been walking in and out of the room. The basketball the, team walked in. They're all getting massages in different states of undress. So some of them were like, some of them I'm sure were naked. Some of them were just wearing their underwear. and But they were all zenned out too. Like they were just kind of in the zone. But yeah. I was just like, I remember thinking like, when I got face down naked, I was alone. And then when I turned over... There are now 10 additional people in the room. There are five <laughs> men and five therapists. And um, yeah, and when the massage ended, I was like, now what? Yeah, like how do I get I was together? the first person to get in here. So what do we do now? Do we just wait until they're done and they leave? Like, what do I do? So she like sat me up, wrapped me up in the bath towel. My clothes were hanging on a rack. She handed me my clothes, told me go to the room next door. So I went to the room next door. It was a children's bedroom. It was a child's bedroom. Mm. There, there was like a bed and toys everywhere. And she was like, yeah, just get changed in here. And I was like, Vietnam, man. It was a great massage though. Mm. Imagine you had actually fallen asleep though. Like I was close. I was like in, you know, that zone yeah, where you're just yeah. like totally out of it. And then it turned over and I was like, whoa. There are There's 10 a lot of other people, here. people in here <laughs> and five of them are naked men. Oh, these are good stories. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of stuff you got to be open to when you get massages. And I highly recommend getting massages in other countries. But if if you have injuries or modesty, it'll be a challenging experience. Yeah. So it's it's a good lesson. And, and I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not super modest and I, I don't have any injuries that I need to explain. Uh it can be a really interesting experience in just letting go. You have to let go of your insecurities Mm -hmm. because they don't care. And once you realize they don't care and you're five minutes into the massage, you stop caring. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a really liberating feeling to be like, Oh, I don't, I suddenly don't care about what my breasts look like or my leg hair or my cellulite or my regrettable tattoos or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. we're all carrying with us at all times you just let it go because you're like this person doesn't speak english and i'm never going to see them again Mm -hmm. even when i have clients on my table it's it's so nice the ones that can just like not think about that like i don't know about you but i'll have women who'll say to me oh sorry i didn't shave my legs i'm like i I don't care. I it's always not say, a thought. don't worry. About it. I always say, thing, that's okay. Neither did I. I. Literally, everybody who says that, I'm like, it, 
I mean, in the winter, I'm very open with my clients. I'm like, I don't shave from October till April. Yeah. So I'm not judging you. Don't worry. <laughs> That's a young people thing though, right? No. 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 It's a woman thing. It's a woman mm. thing. It's a woman thing. Because I know like for me, when I was younger, I was always like, I had to look a certain way if my clothes were going to be off. Now that I'm a fucking old man, I don't care. Yeah. It makes no fucking difference what you think of and me. And you're married too. You've, yeah. locked, you've locked into this. <laughs> you're on love lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I, I have almost no shame left, period. It's I a think good feeling. It is though. a great feeling. It's very, very free. Like I left the house like this today. You guys can't see me, but Nikki has to look <laughs> at me looking like a homeless hippie, and no. I'm fine with it. You look comfortable. I'm so comfortable. <laughs> anyway, anything else we want to wrap about? We have been talking a long time, I but know, I'm sorry. it's fun no talking worries. to you because I like your unpopular opinions, <laughs> and I like that you and I can have the discussion. Even though you know we differ on our HST views, but I understand your your perspective, yeah, like completely. And if you, if anybody listens to this disagrees send the hate mail to me don't give it to them <laughs> we're used to it it's they, fine. <laughs> they don't necessarily endorse my views <laughs> we might have to put a disclaimer on this one <laughs> yeah. yeah we might start doing that all the time for everything now right? actually fuck <laughs> that was for you lady who won't listen because i said fuck <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap it up monsieur right on thanks for coming by it's been fun thanks for having me appreciate it next time uh when you come back from your next trip i guess next january you can aussie new zealand next year whoa and possibly spain and morocco we'll see we'll have some things to talk about yeah that sounds fun right on thanks for coming by thanks you guys have a listening to two massage therapists and a microphone peace